Good day, church, and good day to you all. And I hope you're all doing well during this tough time season. Uh, as we often say that we, we really miss you guys. We know this lockdown has, has taken very long and it, it seems like it's still gonna take much longer than we thought. Um, but uh, we thank God for this uh, visual uh, meetings that we can be able to uh, still gather around the word of God. Um, if you meet joining us for the very first time today, last Sunday we started a brand new series called A Community of Hope. So Tom did a very great job uh, last week introducing this series to us, which is taken from the book of First Thessalonians. This was one of the churches that Paul established during the, his first missional journey. Although he was not with them and he moved on to plant other churches, but he really kept a close touch with all the churches that he helped to establish. The Thessalonian church was one of the churches that was going through a lot of persecutions and uh, really troubles and tough times in their lives like our lives today. So Paul was very concerned about uh, the new believers that he left in Thessalonians. So he decided to send Timothy to, do, to go back and just check on them. And Paul was very encouraged by uh, Timothy's report when Timothy came back from this church and reported what he really observed. And Paul wrote a letter of encouragement to these guys and uh, some further teachings uh, on the number of points. In this letter, he urges the believers to live for the Lord in the face of adversity. So that is why the topic of today, looking at this community of faith uh, from Thessalonians, we, our topic today is examples of faith. Today we're going to be reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, from verse 1 to 10. It's reading as this. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of Thessalonians, in God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and the Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake and you became imitators of us and of the Lord for you received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from, the Maced uh, from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not to say anything. For they themselves report concerning us that kind of reception we heard among you, and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living God and true God. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath 
to come. Amazing passage of scripture. The big idea for, for this message today is that we are called to receive and be examples of faith in our communities and the world around us. So that's confirmed in verse 7 where we read from, For you receive the word in much affliction, with joy and the Holy Spirit, so that you become an example to all the believers. The purpose of this letter that Paul was writing to this Thessalonian church was to encourage the Thessalonian church to com and commend them to trust in God through their difficult times. But I like Paul's greetings from the beginning. Paul greet the church of Thessalonians and say to them, grace to you and peace. I found this statement very profound, especially to the people who are going through tough times, uh, like the days that we are going through these days. This thing made me to think about uh, this COVID-19 pandemic, it's only by grace of God that we are safe. It's only by grace of God that we are protected. It's only by grace of God that we are provided for and that we're still standing today. We all need grace of God, even in this time. In John 20 verse 19, the Jesus' disciples once found themselves under lockdown. They locked themselves behind the closed doors because of the fear of Jews. But when Jesus came and stood among them, he said to them, Peace be with you. You know, that statement alone really brought great encouragement to his disciples. I know what follows that is that Jesus breathed on them and um, he gave them the Holy Spirit and say, and then he sent them to go and said, as the Father has sent me, then I am sending you. But what I really picked up is that they did not have peace because they were closed behind the doors because of fear. I think even now, as the time that we're living in right now, we are very fearful. And um, our kids are going back to school and a lot of businesses are opening and there are so many things happening and around us and we are really um, surrounded by fear. But we, God is speaking peace today. And there's Paul saying grace to you and peace from our Lord Jesus Christ. It is undeserved God's grace that keeps us from trouble and the peace of God that sustains us in the midst of our difficulties. After that brief salutation, Paul starts his letter by saying to the Thessalonian church, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. That I call it the benefits of being part of the family of God. It's always strengthening to know that you are not alone in a battle. You've got brothers and sisters who are standing with you in prayer. But I just want to pause there for, for a moment and ask you a question. Who is praying for you? Are you part of any trio? Are you part of any community group? Or, or one of the prayer meetings that we have in this church? 
that having brothers and sisters around you who are praying for you in the difficult times that you're going through. Because you did, you, God didn't make you to stand alone. We are called to be part of a community, the community that will bring hope in our lives. The second question I want to ask you is that, who are you praying for? Or you are kind of a parasite of a Christian that always wants to receive and receive but give nothing in return. In this church, we've got five prayer meetings, one on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Thursday evening, Sunday, Sunday morning. All those prayer meetings, are you participating? Are you taking part of any of, any of those prayers, praying for your brothers and sisters? But if not, I would like to, I would like to really encourage you today to start joining one. Paul says we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. So in verse 3, then Paul mentioned three reasons why he thanked God whenever he is thinking about this Thessalonian church. Paul is thanking God for the evidence of their love for God and love for one another and for their endurance through the difficult times as they put their hope in Christ's return, which was displayed in the triad of faith, love, and hope that is summarizing the life of a Christian. Let's take a closer look on these three things that Paul recalls about the Thessalonian church and see how that can become an example of faith for us today. Firstly, he recalls their work that is produced by faith. He mentioned faith as their daily trust in God, which enabled them to do the good works. And here Paul is talking about the works that they have done as the result of their faith. Our changed lives begins by coming to know Christ personally as our Lord and Savior. And that becomes our evidence of our response. It is important to understand that our changed lives are not the gospel. Tim Keller famously said these words that gospel is the good news of gracious acceptance of our changed lives and the new world coming. The good news that is found in verse 4 on this chapter that we're reading from today, that they have been chosen by God. He says, For you know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. That's an amazing thing to know, that we are loved by God, that he chose us, as Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, that even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And he predestined us to, to, for adoption to himself as sons through the Jesus Christ, his son, according to the purposes of his will. That's amazing. That God wants us to be holy. He wants us to be blameless. But it doesn't start there. It started with him because he loved us and he chose us for a certain purpose. 
So in verse 5, Paul calls the good, this good news our good news, our gospel. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. That is what the gospel of Christ that was preached by Paul and Silas and Timothy. And he called this uh, our gospel. Our gospel. Our good news. This gospel came to Thessalonians with power. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. This is amazing. Paul received the gospel and he shared it with, with Timothy and Silas. And this, they came with this gospel to Thessalonians as their gospel. And they shared the good news. And those good news became the Thessalonians' good news, which Romans chapter 1, verse 16 confirms that those good news spread around and it became my good news and your good news today. When Paul preached the gospel, his words came with power, as is it confirmed in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. He says, And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of his spirit and the power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's not about the cleverness, it's not about the, the good words or maybe proper English that you can preach. It's about the power of God and the power of his Holy Spirit. He carried on to say, this gospel is also came to the Thessalonians with the Holy Spirit. Any word that does not come with the Holy Spirit is a dead word or a dead letter. Because the letter kills, but the Holy Spirit gives lives. The power of the gospel comes from the Holy Spirit. I think even for our salvation, without the Holy Spirit, we won't be able to, our eyes to be open, to be able to see Jesus as the Son of God. But the Holy Spirit works in us. The Holy Spirit was in Paul, and when he, the Thessalonians accepted the gospel and believed in Christ, the Holy Spirit began to dwell within them also. And the fourth thing that we notice here is that Paul preached with full conviction. And the Thessalonian church believed the gospel with deep conviction as well. So the evidence is linked to their response to the word as they welcomed the message with joy and then their message rang out or sounded out from them to the whole cities around them. The Thessalonians knew what kind of men Paul, Silas, and Timothy were. They have seen that they were men filled with the Holy Spirit. That was a great church with great leaders. The men filled with the Holy Spirit and the church that was filled with the power 
of Holy Spirit. And Paul brought the message and also lived the life in imitation of the Lord. And the word imitate means an example or a pattern to be followed. Paul patterned his conduct on Christ and they became imitators of them and of the Lord. The Thessalonians learned from Paul how to follow Christ and then their own lives set an example for many in Macedonia and Achaia and also won the gospel, people with the gospel message as well. So there's a powerful thing to, to mention today that our faith, when we believe in Jesus, it needs to be followed by the work that become an evidence of our, of our faith. So that's exactly what Paul says, that you imitate me as I imitate Christ. In verse 8 says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not to say anything. Which means their lives, although they were preaching and sharing the message, but they were, their lives were, were really speaking a lot in other people around them. When they see them, they see there is God in these people. So our first point was their work that's uh, produced by faith. So then our second point, it's our labor prompted by love. Paul wants to remind them that they are loved by God. Just as true faith must be manifested by good works, so must true love be manifested by labor or works of love. That is why I'm excited about this new initiative that we are about to start that is called Love in Action. Only love can motivate us to serve. In verse 5, Paul says, You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. It's like you say, we came to serve you. We came to lay down our lives for you so that you can do the same for others. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all other believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. Brothers and sisters, we are an example of faith to those people around us, to our, to our world that we live in. By our missional living, as we are standing as a representatives of God in everything that we do, People, they need to experience the love of God through you and through me. And to, more, to make this gospel more than just the words, but the evidence of transformation. What kind of an example 
do we as a church give to new believers or as individuals that we give to, to uh, other people in our church? Can one of us boldly say to one another, if you imitate me, you'll be imitating Christ? Yes, the witness of lips is very important, but the witness of our lives is even more important. Love is shown as a principle demonstrated through our sacrificial service to others. In verse 9, Paul says, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. Talking about the hospitality. And how you turn to God from idols. Moving from self-centeredness, from just me, myself, and I, but serve the living and true God, which was the sacrificial love. And how you, you speak well about us, and how you love your, your leaders and how you love other people in your congregation. And glorify God in the midst of troubles and persecutions. I just want to pause there for a moment just to talk about glorifying God in the midst of troubles and persecutions. Because I think this is the main thing sometimes that we're struggling with. I think we have noticed um, even now with, um, with our uh, finances in this church, they keep dropping and dropping and dropping um, every month. Because we are living in this time of COVID-19 and lockdown and um, there are a lot of things that are happening around us. And then the first thing that we think about is that how can we save, how can we save ourselves? How can we save our family? And then we, we tend to forget that we, as, as long as, as much as we are in the uh, times of troubles and, 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 and we are in this time of, of suffering, but we still need to glorify God. I like the way Job did in the midst of sufferings and troubles, but he still lift up, he lifted up his gaze to God and worshipped him. So I just want to challenge you this morning to glorify God in the midst of your troubles. To glorify God in the midst of your persecutions, in the midst of your trials, but to give glory to God first. And they serve God, the only true God. What a church. Paul says that the Lord's message sounded out from Thessalonians church. Now as a result, their faith in God has become known everywhere. Not just in Macedonia and Achaia, but in other countries as well. Remember, this church was a very uh, small church. It was a little church, young church, that Paul just started in, uh, in one or two years earlier but our churches are bigger and richer and older but do we have the same impact that with the gospel just like this Thessalonian church oh, brothers and sisters if not let us begin to do so without any delay God gave us an amazing uh, vision statement 
Our vision statement is reconciled to God through Jesus. We love all people advancing God's kingdom on earth. What an amazing vision statement. But the question is, are we living it out as an example to our broken world? Because it, if it's just the, the, the vision statement that we sing with our lips, but we're not putting in, into actions, it doesn't help anyone. But God wants us to be an example to the people around us. Wherever Paul went, he had the great news about the faith of this community of Thessalonians, especially how they turned to God from their idols to serve the living and true God. What a powerful witness the Thessalonian church had. That leads us to our third point for today, that endurance that inspired by hope. Endurance that inspired by hope. Living a life that is pertinent to Jesus meant a great change in the lives of these believers. They turned to God from, from their idols. They now lived to serve the living and true God while they waited for his son to come back from heaven. Whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. What a great motivation. Their great hope was to their coming king. Those whose hope is placed in Christ Jesus will have endurance. Those whose hope is placed in Christ Jesus will have endurance. Hope as in a confidence, an expectation of a glorious future that is, in strength, that is strengthening us to endure and keep on serving despite of discouragements and persecutions and sicknesses and virus that we're going through these days. From the beginning, we read that the new believers in Thessalonica, they really faced persecutions, being persecuted by the society around them. Even while Paul was there preaching, a great uproar arose against the Christians. If you read Acts chapter 17, verse 5 to 7, but nevertheless, the Thessalonians received Paul's message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. I know we as Christians do not like to face troubles and persecutions in our lives. In every country around the world, Christians seek for religious freedom so that they can practice their religion without being persecuted. So if you feel like you, you, you need to stand up for Jesus and uh, you feel like you've got oppositions, you feel like you can just pull back and shrink back so that you won't be able to face persecutions. But according to the teachings of the New Testament, to endure persecutions for the sake of Christ is a joyful privilege. 
in Acts, 4, in Acts 5 verse 41, and when they had called in the apostle, they bid them, they charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. But what we find from there is that then the apostle left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. Just because you are unemployed, retrenched from work, your salary has been cut short, your business is not doing well or maybe even closed down, you're struggling with your studies or schoolwork, or even don't even feel safe around this pandemic. But all that does not give us an excuse why we cannot serve God in our lives. I think this is a most important time that this is a time that really exposes us or tests us for our hope. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to 13 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were to happen to you, but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also receive and be glad when this, his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. Brothers and sisters, let us not seek the easy way out. Matthew 7 verse 13 to 14 says, For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. For those who find it are few. The church that endures persecutions with joy is a strong church. And its witness is powerful. The same thing applies not just only for church, but for you as an individual. If you endure the sufferings with joy and you give glory to God, you'll be made stronger. And that will become the witness to the people around you and your friends and families. Through all the sufferings we endure, for Christ's sake, God will receive the glory and our church will be made strong. It comes to conclusion, there are two types of responses that we can give even through this pandemic. The first person on the first response, sometimes that we can give through this, we can say, this pandemic really ruined my life. COVID-19 came to ruin my life. But the second response, we can say, this COVID-19 gave me an opportunity to become a better person, a stronger and healthier 
and smarter and smarter and happier person because when we're facing persecutions like this church of Thessalonians and we and if we put our hope in God and God will make us to be victorious but if we turn our gaze from God and we look around our circumstances we'll sink like Peter it is up to you right now to decide which person you want to, you are going to be in verse 7 we hear that but what what we have learned about this church of Thessalonians is that they enjoyed persecutions with such joy of the holy spirit and they were imitators of Christ so faithfully and they had become the model and an example of all other believers living in Macedonia and for us today. Thessalonian Church became a model for us through their tough times so that we too can become the models for others as we're going through our tough times through this pandemic season. Thessalonian had turned from idols to serve the living God and the true God and to wait for his son from heaven. But I want to ask you a question. Through this difficult time we're going through, with all uncertainties that we're facing, but I want to leave you with this question today. In this time of uncertainties, when we're really going through lockdown and, and pandemic that is um, really spreading with the high speed, where is your hope today? Is Jesus the Lord of all of your life? I like Tim Keller's quote when he says, an idol is something that we look to for the things that only God can provide. Sometimes when we look at our finances, we look at our businesses, we look at everything around us like kind of disappearing, we can easily lose hope. But if our hope is in God, we'll be able to endure these difficult times. In verse 10, Paul ends by saying, their eyes were raised towards heaven. Their hope was not in this life or in the things of this life, but their hope was in Jesus, whom God raised from the dead and who will return to rescue them from the coming wrath, from God's judgment. What an example of a church community. Even through their storm, they put their anchor in Jesus alone as a living God. We as a country, as a church, as families, we're going through difficult times. I think there's something we can learn from this Thessalonian church. I would like us to end our service today with this song called Cornerstone. As a country, we are going through a difficult time. 
with this COVID-19. As a church, we're really struggling not to meet together, not to be able to um, see one another. Even some, some of us are struggling with daughters that they can't even able to, jo to join with other people. We're struggling as individuals because some of us are losing jobs and uh, we, we're going through tough times in our lives. But I think there's something we can learn from this church of Thessalonians. I would like us to end with this song declaring that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And ask him to be our cornerstone where we can build our lives through this tough season. And that the same hope that carried the Thessalonian church through their hard times and difficult times will be the same hope that is carrying us today as we depend on him with our all. Can you just join us as we sing this song? Be blessed and have a great week. Amen.